Hello everyone, I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight, and we're so glad to have you tuned in to today's broadcast, the next 30 minutes or so of Bible study, fellowship, and some special music coming your way right now in just a few moments. Do you sweat the small stuff? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, you know, sometimes we can get bent out of shape over something that we shouldn't get bent out of shape over. But yet, at the same time, sometimes there are little things. The Bible says there are little foxes that come in and destroy the grapes because, honestly, the little foxes are the ones that often chew on the vines. And not only do they steal the grapes, they also uh, destroy the vines from uh, keeping you from a later harvest. But anyway, we'll be talking about that a little bit later on today. hope you'll stay tuned for today's for today's program. Let me mention very quickly, Christian Bible College, if you're interested in beginning or continuing your Bible college level theological studies, I want to encourage you to check out christianbiblecollege.org. That's the website. You'll find a lot of information there about the college, and we've been in business since 1980. Can you believe that? 1980, and we've had students from uh, every state in the Union, including many foreign countries over that course of time. Originally under, under the leadership of Dr. Cecil Johnson, and now continuing that great tradition. I want you to uh, check it out. Here again, maybe you're a Christian school teacher and you might need a degree for your uh, teaching credentials. And here again, check it out because we offer degrees, uh, associates, bachelors, uh, masters, uh, doctorates, right on up to the PhD level in things like Christian education, theology, uh, divinity, all kinds of stuff. Anyway, it's there if you want to check it out. And actually, I hope you do want to check it out, if you will. Again, today, the message is entitled Sweat, Sweating the Small Stuff. Hope you'll stay tuned for that. But right now, just before that message, Ivan Parker is going to uh, going to sing for us.
what love beyond measure the Savior had for me. I can't understand why He cares so much to die upon that old tree. He took my sin and all I had been and made my life over anew. There at the cross His love called to me. Now the same love is calling to you. You ask me what love is. It's a man hanging on a tree. share a personal somewhat peculiarity with you if I might for just a moment Uh, maybe you can relate to this but but maybe not if I go to the uh, maybe I've used a a spoon to stir something in a glass and uh, I go to the sink and I see that the sink is empty in other words there's no dirty dishes there at all Sherry uh, or myself, someone has washed them all, and there's no dirty, everything's put away. I will take a moment to get a little detergent or dishwashing soap or whatever, and I will wash that spoon, and I'll put it in the drain. I may even dry it and put it up, all right? Because if it's a clean drain, if it's a clean sink, I don't want to put anything in it. Now, on the other hand, if I go there and there's already some dishes there, some dirty items there that have not been cleaned because I've not gotten around to it, or more likely Sherry has not gotten around to it. I mean, you know, we had just cooked a big meal or whatever. I'm more prone to put that dirty spoon in there with the rest of them. Now, I know that doesn't make any sense because sooner or later, someone's going to have to clean that spoon anyway. It would still be better to go ahead. That would be one less we had to deal with. But if there's already a stack there, I don't worry about it. 
if I clean my garden in the springtime, I go out and I clean, get all the weeds up and I cleaned it up real good and, and uh, get my garden well manicured, if you will. And, and I go out there a day or two later and a little weed stri- is striking up. I'll go there and I'll pull that weed up. I'll go take care of it. I get it up. But if I walk out there, maybe we've been away on vacation for a week and I come back, there's a, there's a hundred weeds. I, I don't mess with it. Well, I could still pull one, but I don't. I don't. Or maybe you've had your car washed, or maybe you got a new car, a new car, and all of a sudden for the first week or so, you got that new car. Oh, you don't let anyone eat in that car. You don't let anyone drink in that car. You're very, well, wipe your feet, wipe your feet before you get in here. Uh, oh, my goodness. And you check it out. You, you know, but la- later on, you don't look at it that way, do you? That, that seems to be the nature of most of us. Maybe you're not that way, but that's the way most of us are. Don't sweat the small stuff. That's what we've been told. Now, it's important not to major on the minors. It's important not to get bent out of shape over little stuff. But we still know that small things have the power to influence the direction of bigger things. An entire day, a life, a year. A bunch of small things can affect the future of a country. A set of lost car keys can put the whole household in an uproar. You can't find your keys. It's time to get to work or whatever the case might be. And finally, you find them. You're going to be late for work. You may speed. You may do other things that you probably shouldn't do. And you're still going to end up being late at work all because you couldn't find your keys. You may call your wife. Honey, have you seen my keys? You tell the kids. Kids, if you hadn't touched my keys, have you? Well, probably you just didn't put them where they belonged. A leak under the kitchen sink can lead to a whole lot of problems if you don't deal with it. In a positive way, a dandelion from a child can be a treasured gift because little things do matter. And when they say don't sweat the small stuff, I understand we don't need to get bent out of shape over every little thing that happens. I understand that, but there's some small stuff that maybe we ought to sweat. Did you know know that the first step in constructing a bridge over the Niagara Falls Gorge was made by a 15-year-old kid, an American by the name of Holman Walsh. It's February, I'm sorry, it's January the 30th, 1848, and Holman flew a kite from one side of the gorge to the other. Now, someone on the opposite side caught the kite, tied a stronger string to the end of the strike uh, of the string, uh, 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 and Holman pulled the new, thicker string back across the gorge. Well, the process was repeated over and over with a stronger string, then a cord, then a thin rope, then a thicker rope, and eventually a steel cable crossed the expanse and was strong enough to support workers and tools and materials. And finally, a sturdy walkway was completed. And it all began with a little string, a boy flying a kite. In the Bible, God repeatedly uses insignificant people, places, and things to accomplish his great purpose. As a matter of fact, he says he'll use weak things, base base things to accomplish great things, to confound the mighty, he says. Yet scripture also warns us to beware of little things that can do a great deal of damage. For example, the Bible calls the, the tongue a deadly beast. And many have felt this awful truth. Words are such little things, little things, just words. But oh, how they can wound or oh, how they can heal. How many reputations have been ruined by a rumor? Jesus explained this in one of his parables that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which he said starts out as the smallest of seeds, but can become a great tree 
And while God can use little things for our good and for His glory, the Scriptures also faithfully warns us of many disastrous circumstances that started with something small. A haircut had some pretty serious repercussions for Samson. A lustful glance led David to a downfall. A struck rock kept Moses from entering into the promised land. A taste of the forbidden fruit brought sin into God's brand new creation. The whole world still bears the consequences of what seems to be just one bite of fruit. Maybe there are times we ought to sweat the small stuff. Little things reveal the nature of our true selves. Jesus says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Luke 16, 10. Faithful attention to obedience in little things the Lord acknowledges can open the door to further kingdom responsibilities. But he said the first test is if you're faithful in the little stuff. Consider this. One of the financial principles that makes a lot of banks a whole lot of money, the same principle encourages investors to build our homes and to invest in our factories and finance our cars. It's called compound interest. Now, the principle of compounding works, works the same way. That if you put money in the bank, and I realize right now interest rates for savings and things is not very high, I understand that. But the principles of compound interest even today can still help you over the term of a lifetime if you begin to invest. But the same principle is true of works. The principle whereby small daily choices have an accumulative and profound effect over time. Most of us, knowing the return of our Lord might be imminent, Assume we might need to make some pretty big goals for the year ahead. So I wake up and wonder, what great thing, Lord, do you want me to do today? Time's running out. I'm getting older, and the Lord's return, I believe, is imminent. It could happen at any moment. So, Lord, I know, I just know you want me to do, go out and do something marvelous and wonderful and great today. But, you know, I've learned something that I want to share with you. And it is this, is that the small daily choices often make the biggest difference. The, the fact is, great things often start with small choices and progress is often hidden like leaven in the bread. And that being so, it's no wonder that so few consistently embrace it. Because our flesh keeps us on the couch. We're waiting for opportunities to appear that will promise instant impact and big results and great success. Those who constantly dream of the big victory are often unwilling to be faithful in small things required to get there. So they end up doing, doing nothing. I'm sure most everyone listening to the program today can name David's big victory. You know, he defeated that Philistine giant Goliath. Every Sunday school kid knows that. Far fewer, however, can recall what brought David to the battlefield that day in the first place. Don't you remember? David didn't wake up that morning and say to himself, the world's never going to forget me after today. Boy, after today, my name is going to be a household name. He, he didn't say that. But actually, it was a small, humble decision that led him to that history-changing moment. If you remember, David's dad, Jesse, asked him to deliver food to his brothers and Saul on the battlefield. Remember that? If there was ever a pathway to greatness that started small, that was it. 
Specifically, David was asked to take bread and cheese to the battlefield, 1 Samuel 17, verses 17 and 18. If David only had a tomato and a hunk of pepperoni, he'd have been nothing more than a pizza delivery guy. That's all he was. What contribution do you think he thought he was going to make that day? Imagine if David had responded to his dad, Dad, uh, you, you know, I, I don't mean this is disrespectful, Dad, but, but really? You want the future king of Israel to deliver lunch? <laughs> dad, dad, I can't believe you're asking me to do that. You want me to deliver lunch? No thanks. I, I'm holding out for something big. God's got something big for me. But, but by embracing the small, the seemingly insignificant act of service, David was unknowingly set on a path to greatness. This was David being the servant. The Lord said the greatest is the servant. Small decisions, him being willing to deliver lunch, led to the victory that day, to that opportunity for victory that day. Time goes on. That's what makes compound interest work because time goes on. Time going on is also what makes compounding your service work. So what you do with your time is what makes the difference between reaching your goals or not, whether your goal is losing 10 pounds or saving for a house. Whatever your goals might be, it's the small actions, the small decisions repeated daily, day after day, that's going to make the big difference in your success or in your failure. It's going to make the difference in your experience of life on your way to that goal, whatever it might be. Let's say your goal is to save up for a down payment on, on a house or a car. Making a conscious choice to put away a couple of hundred bucks every month into a savings account accumulates so that over a space of five years, you're going to have, what, $12,000 or more invested. I realize in today's market that may not be a lot of money, but that certainly would help. Of course, this money you could just as easily spend on a couple of dinners out or on an expensive pair of name-brand shoes. Take a moment to look at where you are in life right now. Are you where you want to be? Are you at least moving in that direction? Or are you far from where you want to be? My encouragement today is do the daily things that you need to do to get there. Do the daily choices you make take you closer toward your goals or further away from them. We look at people who have made it, the people who are millionaires or world champions or have a perfect body or in in a perfect relationship or whatever it might be. And it's easy to think, boy, they were just lucky. It happened overnight. He woke up one day and he had that. Probably not. More than likely, these people spent years working hard to achieve these levels of success. One reason I'm so convinced of the positive power of small decisions is because the opposite is true as well. Small decisions can also lead to great sin and failure. Once again... Once again, let's consider David. David's big failure is just as iconic as his big victory. You all know his failure too. He slept with Bathsheba, a married woman, and then to cover it up, uh, he had her husband given a sure death assignment on the battlefield, 2 Samuel eleven fourteen and 15. But as with the Goliath victory, we might benefit from remembering how David ended up entwined in this great evil. David didn't set out that day to have an affair and commit murder, just like he didn't set out to kill a giant. 
Just like the pathway to greatness, the road to destruction also began with a small decision. For David, it began here, 2 Samuel 11.1. The Bible says, And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Amnon and besieged Raboth. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. Do you get that? It was a day when kings went to war, but David stayed in Jerusalem. Now, I don't know why. Maybe he felt he had something more important to do. I, I don't, maybe he wasn't feeling well. I don't know. But the point is this, David had a job to do, but he chose someone else to do that job. And however inconspicuous this might appear at first glance, it was the first step upon many that set him on a path to failure. If he'd have been where he should have been, where he usually was, if he'd have made the special effort to get to that battlefield, he obviously wasn't sick. The small decisions that we make in our lives are going to shape the direction of our futures. So I invite you today to join me in pursuing something great for God. We're facing a new year. Now, one small decision at a time, we can do something great for God this year if God gives us life on this earth and if Jesus tarries. There are people that I love and care for that frustrate the daylight side of me because they are so close to greatness. They're so talented. They have so much to offer. They're so close to being a champion, but their soft choices that they make in their lives to take the easy way, the lazy way, robs them of victory. And they will probably never defeat Goliath because they cannot be counted on or trusted to deliver the cheese. They're waiting for something great. Y you see, I, I think we get caught up sometimes in the misconception that when we shine for God, it has to be big. I find it's often the little things that make the largest statements. It's the mundane, the everyday moments that we have such opportunities to serve and share Jesus with the world. It's the widow's might that made the difference. Perhaps you can make a big difference today, maybe with someone who needs forgiveness, maybe with someone who needs to see what kindness and gentleness really look like. Maybe you can make a big difference today with a stranger who's having a bad day and just needs a little bit of encouragement. Maybe with a friend who's going through a tough time and just needs someone to be there, maybe not to say anything or do anything, but just, well, just to be there. Perhaps it's little things in your service, maybe being more faithful, being more reliable, more zealous, more responsible. Perhaps this has something to do with your family, your job, or your personal relationship with God. But you see, you're waiting for the right time or the big thing, but I'm encouraging you to live it in the here and in the now. Maybe, maybe just a little thing. You know... I would remind you in our final moments today, the deadliest animal in the world is not a tiger, it's not a bear, it's not a charging lion, it's not a stampeding elephant or rhino, it's not. Actually, the most deadly animal in the world lives right here in North Carolina. You say, no, 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 it's, it's not the black widow. 
It's not the deadly copperhead. No. What is it? What is the deadliest animal in the world? It's the mosquito. That tiny little aggravating beast that we consider more of a nuisance than being deadly kills about 3 million people every year through the spread of malaria. Now we're learning they may even carry other blood-borne diseases. Also, some experts say that mosquitoes might have caused the death of one out of every two human beings that have ever lived. That could be billions of people. Yet we understand, underestimate these little creatures because we can just swat them and brush them aside. We consider them an aggravation and a nuisance, but they're deadly because these little tiny animals have done so much to bring death and destruction and disease and hurt and pain to the world, not counting the expense of medical care around the world and eradication processes around the world, the mosquito. Oh, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. I want to encourage you. May I encourage you, please? That maybe it's time for some of us to be a bit more zealous in the little things. The little things. Because little things do matter. And while it's true when they say don't sweat the small stuff, that can be good counsel. Because I know there are people that get bent all out of shape over the most trivial of things. And that's wrong. But sometimes it's the little stuff that goes the longest way either bringing us closer to victory or sometimes closer to defeat. It's the little stuff. A word that's misspoken, a deed that's left undone, a challenge that's unmet, an opportunity that's squandered. Sweating the small stuff. That's our message today. Don't sweat the small stuff, we're told. But yet in life we realize the small stuff can have a big impact on our futures. Maybe today you're not going to slay your Goliath until you're first willing to deliver the cheese. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's program. If our programs are a blessing to you, we would surely enjoy hearing from you. We have so many people that listen. And by the way, you can listen, of course, on radio, as many of you may be listening right now on the Go Mix Radio Network. But, but, but if, if you have a friend that might enjoy listening to this, you say, well, it's too late. It's off. Check us out on the Facebook site. You can check us out on the Go Mix Radio Facebook site. Christian Bible College Facebook site, Pathway Christian Academy Facebook site. We also have a podcast. Check out the Pathlight podcast. You'll find archives there of many of our programs that you can go back and listen to. And I do hope they are a blessing to you. Well, until next time, this is T.D. Worthington saying may God richly bless you is our prayer. You have a wonderful week as you walk with our Lord.